I would say my best advice would be do deals, keep your words, don't talk bad about anyone, don't shortchange anyone, and refer business to your network. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on, how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend him. I've worked with him before. I'm currently working with him right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take him up on his offer. Get a free coaching session. Coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners, hello, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out that fluffy stuff. We only talk about the real estate advice that moves your business forward. We've spoken to Jay Papazon, the co-author of The One Thing, um, as well as the co-author of Millionaire Real Estate Agent with Gary Keller. We've spoken to Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Tom Wheelwright, as well as many other successful real estate investors and professionals. With us today, we've got a wholesaler who has just come out of the gate blazing. How you doing, Donnell Cumming? Doing good. How about yourself? Hey, I'm doing well, doing very well, and looking forward to talking to you and talking wholesaling specifically a little bit about Donnell, and then he'll get into it in more detail He is the founder of Matrix Mastermind Investors based in Dallas, Texas. My old, well, I guess it's my hometown, right? My old hometown. He's been wholesaling for nine months and has already done 16 deals and is now working to increase his personal portfolio. Say that five times fast. Nine (laughs) months and has already done 16 deals. Let's 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 dig into it. First, Donnell, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Okay, well, a little more about me is um, I'm originally from Mississippi. Um, I moved here because of my parents. And um, I just decided one day just to get into real estate. I talked to a young man that I seen online and seen what he was doing, and I just decided to ask questions. Huh, simple as that. <laughs> Was it a forum? It was actually on Facebook. You found someone on Facebook, and they were what were they talking about real estate? I mean, he was actually posting checks that he was making, the income <laughs> he was bringing in. And I was like, okay, well, I would like to make money like that. And so um, I mailed him on uh, Facebook first, and he didn't respond back for a minute. So like, I had his name, so I was like, you know what, I want to talk to this guy. I kind of did some research, looked him up, found out like his email and stuff like that, and ended up emailing him. And what happened? 
And from that point on, I told him why, why I was looking forward to talking to him. He told me about Cody Sperber. And so I got into the Cody Sperber program and started doing things with that. And from that point on, it's just been a pretty good thing for me, actually. So you saw someone posting in a Facebook group or he connected this one guy connected to your friends? He was actually connected to one of my friends. He was connected to one of your friends. So there's some level of familiarity and credibility because he knows one of your friends. Through Facebook, he knows one of your friends, however tenuous that relationship is. Then you reached out to him, didn't get a message on Facebook. So then you followed up with him via email after tracking down his email. How do you track down his email? Just by going to his website? Yes. Okay. So you got got his emails from, from his website. How long from when you emailed him from the website to when you actually spoke to him? I would say about a month and a half. Did he not respond for another month and a half? Yeah, it took him about another month and a half to respond. So when I actually did get the response, I was like super excited. I told him the reason why I was getting a hold of him. And um, once I saw what he was doing, and it's something that I wanted to do. And um, we talked about it from that point on. And like now to this day, I have his phone number in my uh, phone. And um, I talk every... So often, like if I need something that I don't understand, I ask them. Did you follow up within that month and a half or did you just leave it alone? Oh, no. I stayed in touch. You stayed in touch over the month and a half where you weren't hearing from him? Yes. <laughs> how, how were you staying in touch? I kept emailing. How kept frequently? Emailing. Like I would say I would at least email him like at least once a week. And what would you say on the follow-ups? On the follow-ups, it's like, hey, I'm just trying to reach out to you. Um, I know you're probably busy. If you can get back to me as soon as possible, I just want to know more about real estate. I've seen you post quite frequent deals and stuff like that on your page. And um, it's something that I'm looking into, and I just want to talk to someone that could kind of lead me the way. I'm digging into this approach, Donnell, because I think and I suspect that this is an approach that you take with your wholesale deals, just like a dog with a bone. And you are just tenacious, I suspect. We're going to get into it more, but I suspect that's your approach you take with a wholesale deal. And that's why you've been able to get the 16 deals in nine months. Once I was actually shown how to do it, at first it was, it was a little hard. Um, and it was a little confusing because I really didn't understand the numbers. And that is something that come to find out that you really need to know. And... Once I got that portion figured out, um, it would been nonstop from there, just completely nonstop. Um, I did everything that pretty much was told to me to do, and um, I'm, I actually can say that I'm seeing the result of it now. With the wholesale deals, how much are you making on average per transaction? 5000 And do you have to pay a fee back to the group that you signed up with? No. Was there a fee to begin in that group? And if so, how much? It was uh, 297 297 You didn't even remember it because it wasn't as significant as these $5,000 <laughs> checks probably, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So you got the 5K that you're making on average per deal. You've done 16 of them over nine months. How much would you say are you spending in marketing? Oh, man. Um... It depends on how you market. With me, I average spend almost $2,000 on um, just marketing itself. I'm looking to get a website done now. Just kind of got some mishaps going on with it. 
but I would say yeah, about about two thousand. Is that a month? That's pretty much a month. Okay, two thousand dollars a month. So in total, you you've got eighty thousand that you've brought in from the wholesale fees minus two thousand a month, which is about eighteen thousand. So sixty about sixty thousand dollars. Are there any other costs involved besides your time, obviously? That's really about it for me. Of course, the softwares that you would need to to help benefit you for the most part of it. What are those softwares that you use? Find cash buyers now. Find motivated sellers now. Um, I also have a um, another cash buyer site with um, Cameron Dunlap. Those are the main three that I pretty much use as far as finding the things that I need to find out. I'm not familiar with those sites, even though I probably should be. Are they subscription based? Yes. Okay, so how much do you pay for a subscription to these sites? Well, on the fine cash buyers now, um, we pay an estimate almost of two forty, and I think that's for a year. Okay. What about the fine motivated sellers now? Is it about that amount though? Yeah, it's roughly okay. about that amount. Okay. So just, just, and that's for a year. It's not a month. Yeah, it's not a month. Just curious. So there, there's like maybe a thousand dollars at most in the software subscription-based stuff that you need to find leads. Yes. And these sites help you find leads, right? Yes, they actually help you find the cash buyers. I'm motivated sellers now does help you find the leads. Obviously. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, find cash buyers now that should sell, help you find buyers. Yes, I understand that. <laughs> uh, sometimes I can be a little dense. Uh, and find motivated sellers now. I'm with you. Okay, so in addition to those two, you do your own marketing. What do you do for marketing? I still send out cash buyers letters. Um, I type the letters up. I also handwrite some of them as well. And I send them out to cash buyers. Um, with my sellers, I market on Craigslist. I market on Facebook. I also market on my Twitter account. And um, that's just some of the ways that I do them. Of course, I heard of other ways, but those are the ways that I do. What's been the most effective and least effective? I would say Craigslist has been pretty effective for me. Facebook uh, is more, it became more of a networking with other investors. And LinkedIn, I would say about the same. It's just been more of a, a networking with other investors. I would mainly say um, Craigslist for the most part. You're at your computer, you've got Craigslist pulled up. What are your specific steps that you take to use Craigslist? Well, um, when I put anything into Craigslist, I, I put. Um, wanted by owner and I list what I'm looking for. Motivated seller, someone that needs to sell fast, someone that's looking to get out of the, the hole that they're in with their home. I use that and then also I would just uh, post like we buy houses for cash, you know, need cash now, you know, little, little things like that. When you're looking at a deal, you mentioned the numbers were the part that you didn't understand at first, but once you got that portion, it's been nonstop. When you're looking at a deal, what type of numbers are you looking for? I'm definitely looking something at least 65 to 70% below market value. Once I start going over the numbers, you know, I, I, I don't want anything that's not going to leave enough meat on the table for my buyer. I want something that's going to leave enough meat on the on the table for my buyer and for me as well. So if I can get the numbers under a good 70, you know, 65% market value, then it's definitely a go. 
then you have the ones where some of the sellers they don't want to sell it that low so you try to continue to do the negotiation with them what's that like when you're negotiating with a motivated seller how's that conversation go it depends on the seller you know because some they don't want to go with the first deal that you offer them. So you'll be going back and forth. And sometimes that can take months and sometimes it's just a no deal. With me talking to my sellers, I always ask the questions. I, I get familiar with them first. I get to know them because I feel like if I can connect with them on that level of understanding, then I have a better chance of actually getting them to sell me their house. Are there certain questions or approaches that you take to get to know them? Yes. I will ask them, um, what is the reason they want to sell? Is there anything that's wrong with the house that I need to know of that, you know, from what I'm looking at that they know? Basically, I will also ask, is pretty, pretty much if this is the only property, like, because you have some that have more than just one property. So if this is the only property, if they have this property and another property that they might want to sell altogether, sit down and just really kind of get the like i said just really get to know them have you had a seller say no thank you because you you mentioned they don't like the first offers and then you've gone back to them and they have taken your offer i had have actually two sellers like that honestly they were my the hardest ones for me <laughs> um <laughs> they gave me a hard time <laughs> can you tell us the story behind one of them Okay, well, one of the sellers, they were selling the house, I think, for almost 140 but the house wasn't even worth 140 I think the house was, like, worth only 100000 and something. I know it wasn't close to 140 Once I did the numbers and came back with the offer on it, well, she was more like, well, I, I don't think I'm able to sell the house for this low. And I'm like, well, ma'am, from what you posted and from what I'm looking at, the house is not even worth what you're posting because due to all the fixes that needs to be done upon the house. And so, so you have to look at the fact that, okay, if I buy this house at 140, then what would I leave on the table for me? And then she was like, well, I would think about it. I would think about it. I was like, well, um, I will give you some time to think about it. Um, I run these numbers by my partner and um, then we'll get back with you in the next couple of days and we'll see what you come up with from there. And so once we did that, came back again and Pretty much she didn't want to bend. Pretty much she did she really didn't. And I was like, Well, okay, well, this is the best I can offer. Like I told her again, due to all of the fixtures that need to be done, I have to be able to make some money off of this property if I'm going to buy it. And so so we'll give you about a month or so and um I keep up with you and I follow up to make sure if this is something that you truly want to do, if not, then um I can understand and we both I'll go our separate ways. How did you stay in touch with her? I would be a caller. I don't really like doing the emailing. I'm not really too fond of emailing. So I like talking to the person. I like to being able to hear the voice because I feel that I'm more interactive with that individual. And so um, I will keep calling her like um, every other week until that, that month finally came. And then when she finally saw that I wasn't going to change my mind, and then finally she went ahead and did the deal. <laughs> Did she use other wholesalers' offers against you or attempt to do that? If she did, I was not aware of it. <laughs> so she didn't mention it? No, she didn't mention it. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? 
I would say my best advice would be do deals, keep your words, don't talk bad about anyone, don't shortchange anyone, and refer business to your network. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Do you have a fix and flip project that needs financing? Then go to fundthatflip.com. You can do the online application. Takes as little as five minutes to see if you're approved. And then you could be financed within seven days. Pretty quick stuff. They're an online lender. They specialize in fix and flip projects. Go to fundthatflip.com. What's the best ever book you've read? Oh, man. The best ever book I read. Uh, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Oh, yeah. You'd also like Three Feet from Gold by the Napoleon Hill Foundation. I actually read that one. Do you like like that one or not? Yes. I had a friend that referred that one to me. That's how I found out about that one. Oh, yeah. Best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? Best personal growth experience? I would say um, getting into real estate. What I learned from it was learning to be being able to actually talk and network with people that know more than you. What's the approach that you take? Because some people might be intimidated by that. The approach I would take is that when I meet someone that is more knowledgeable than I am, number one thing is I suck up my pride because I want to be where they are financially. So in order for me to do that, I have to set pretty much my pride and my fear aside and take that chance of talking to them. So what I do is I actually go to the person and I may not know what to say exactly at the point in time, but I do know I have one question on my head and I'm gonna get that question out. And I just ask, it's about taking initiative, you know, and from me doing that, um, it has paid off greatly. What's that one question that you have? One of my questions I will ask is, how can I find the knowledge to get from where I'm at to where you are? Is that the main question you ask everyone or does it depend on the person? It, it really depends on the person. Have you gotten any interesting responses? If so, what's the most interesting? One interesting one was um, from a guy that I met um, named Matt Pushes. I can't say his name correctly, the last name. And, you know, it was basically about, I asked him about fear. I was afraid of doing things because I was afraid of failing. And, you know, and so I made, talking to him, I was like, well, you know what, after today, I'm going to take this fear and I'm going to use it. No, I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to use it. And the thing that he said to me was, that's the first step of being successful. Instead of you running from the fear, you have to take it and use it to get you to where you want to be in. You use the fear instead of let it paralyzing you? Yes. What's the best ever deal you've done? The best ever deal I've done, I would say the best ever deal I've done actually was just this last one I just did. Can you tell us the numbers? Yes. Um, actually, for the first time, I actually made a little bit over 5000 on this deal. I actually made seven. Oh, congrats. Thank you. I was a little disappointed because the actual buyer, he was like, well, because the deal was so good. And he was like, well, why didn't you just ask for 10? And I was like, well, I didn't know. <laughs> you know so, <laughs> so I was like, I guess next time I'll keep that in mind. He said, yeah. He said, if, then that's the advice he also gave me too. He said, you put 10 up first. And if they don't want to do 10, then you go down. Don't shortchange yourself again. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. That advice will help you get more than the difference of the $3,000 right there. You'll receive that 
on future deals tenfold just from that one piece of advice. Yes, definitely. <laughs> what? So really quickly, what were the numbers? How much did you get it under contract for and what was it worth and what do you okay. offer it? The house was actually worth, uh, I think it was 190 We got it under contract for almost 80 It took a lot of negotiating with the lady, but we got it under for 80 85 actually. And once we got it under contract for 85 I just sent it to my buyers. He didn't waste no time. Like I think the moment the email, he opened it, he just instantly called me. When you said we got it under contract, who's we? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking to me as in third person. <laughs> you got a mouse on your shoulder? <laughs> I was just curious if you had a business partner in this. No, I actually don't. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I mean, um, I like helping out the homeless. Um, I take the time out when I can to actually make sandwiches and you know, do a little uh, food bag and go around the area and actually feed them. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Oh, um, the biggest mistake I made in real estate is not asking questions. If I didn't understand something, I tried to understand it on my own. And um, that hurt me more than anything because if you don't know, the best thing you can do is ask. What's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you? I would say uh, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, um, Twitter even Instagram because I'm pretty much on all the social media. On any of those, just search for your name and you'll pop up? Yes, I'm the only Donnell Cummings you'll find. <laughs> all right, there you go. Well, Donnell, I, I just really enjoyed our conversation so much because you're in there, you're doing it. For the last nine months, you've made about a $60,000 profit as a wholesaler and you do it through relationship building and tenacity as far as what I can tell through our short conversation and it's certainly inspirational to see this type of success so soon and that's why I wanted to dig into how you got started because I think there's real lesson to learn and take away from this and that is we just got to be very persistent about what we are wanting and thinking of others along the way, as you did when you reached out to that one guy who was posting the checks through your Facebook feed and persistently following up and then taking the action. And now you've got uh, a friend and perhaps even a business partner down the line. Really appreciate the time and uh, hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you. Do you have a fix and flip project that needs financing? Then go to fundthatflip.com. You can do the online application. Takes as little as five minutes to see if you're approved. And then you could be financed within seven days. Pretty quick stuff. They're an online lender. They specialize in fix and flip projects. Go to fundthatflip.com.